let's try this out. Let's see how it's working. Check one, two. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Jam Room Podcast. You're with me, Scott. Hope you've had a great week out there. We're locked down. Perth is back in lockdown again, guys. We had uh, one little community case. Like, I don't know, it, where are you in the world? And would your whole city and expanded area around the city sort of completely locked down uh, because of one community case? I don't really know, but yeah, we've locked into a little snap three-day shutdown sort of thing, so yeah, it's a long weekend anyway, so no one's really missing out too much, but um, it is Anzac Day today, so all of our services, all of our um, remembrance services for our fallen diggers, I don't know why they call them diggers here in Australia, I guess because they're like frontline trench diggers or something like that, but yeah, we, we call veterans diggers here in Australia. So none of those services were going on. We're all um, we're all locked down again because of a failure with the management of our quarantining system. Anyway, it's uh, turns out it's a bad idea to quarantine healthy people with positive COVID cases because uh, the healthy people sometimes get COVID and then get out into the community. So I don't know what's going on, but we're all locked down again. Which means all the fines for not wearing masks and all that shit are back in store. So this happened um, Friday afternoon here in Perth. Uh, we just got told that this is going on. So we had a press conference at like 2.30 and then by 6 o'clock masks were mandatory. And there was a bunch of shit that was already planned for the weekend, obviously, with um, sporting events and, and shows and um, weddings and funerals and stuff are allowed to go ahead. But... Um, for some reason, just because it's a little bit of a dick move to cancel those. But it's also a dick move to do a lot of the things that they're doing and they don't seem to give a fuck about. Um, like, my heart goes out to musicians that are relying on these gigs throughout the fucking weekend, because let's face it, no one cares about gigs during the week. But uh, yeah, so it's all shut down and um, there's already been a fine. I got I to gotta address this one point with lockdown. Like, I really don't have too much of a problem with it. I mean, it kind of fucking just... It just stinks of mis mismanagement and it just stinks of politics. Like, um, they've shut down our whole region and what we call the Peel region, which is the south of Perth sort of uh, region. And um, that's a pretty fucking big area. So we've been doing contact tracing with everything throughout this whole COVID period. So everywhere you go, you have to check in so people know where you've been and all that sort of stuff. Um, didn't matter. Everybody still got locked down. Contact tracing didn't mean a fucking thing. Even if you're vaccinated, still locked down. Turns out it's a bit too hard to manage people being individually free or individually vaccinated. So it's, I, I swear to God, it's got to be an all or nothing thing. They're going to lock everybody down until 100% are vaccinated or something. And they are terrible at rolling out the vaccine. So we're probably going to have to I don't know, be nervous that this is going to happen for the next couple of years because I can't see the vaccine rollout being uh, any fucking any good over the next little while, but it is what it is. And uh, there was like an even scarier component to this. So um, like I said, there was some sporting events going on. And um, so the ones that were happening on Friday night, so they said, all right, 6 p.m., everybody has to wear a mask, blah, 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 blah. But by 12 p.m. or a.m., Midnight that night, midnight Friday, uh, was the big lockdown. So obviously, at a sporting event on a Friday evening, 
you can still go to or whatever, but maybe halfway through it, you might have to wear a mask or something like that, which makes no fucking sense. Everybody that goes into the sporting event without a mask and then leaves wearing a mask, what difference did that make at all? As far as I know, sporting events are kind of locked down when they start anyway. People don't really come in and out. There's not a lot of contact with the public outside of that private venue, but it is what it is. And apparently one lady did get fined a thousand bucks, a thousand bucks for not wearing a mask, but she didn't really get fined for not wearing a mask. This is the headline. She got fucking fined for failing the attitude test. See what I mean? If that sort of shit doesn't fucking terrify you, then um, Perth and Australia at large is, is, is already gone, guys. It's already gone if that doesn't fucking terrify you. That, that, that was actually the words of our police commissioner, by the way. That it wasn't that she wasn't wearing a mask. Because let's face it, we all know that that's not going to make a fucking difference because there is like one case and the, the contract tracing should have dealt with it and she was already out and then had to wear a mask later on once she's already been around a whole bunch of people unmasked. So it's just sort of to play lip service to the idea that we're all in this together. And she had a bad attitude. And so they find her not really because of not wearing a mask. Obviously, that was their excuse for it. But what the police commissioner actually said, these are the words out of, a, out of his fucking mouth, was that she failed the attitude test. She had a bad attitude. So that's why they find her. And I don't know. Do you want to leave the, the police in charge of what's a good attitude or, or not? Like, uh, we'll see. This is a slippery fucking slope, folks. Slippery slope. But um, it's Anzac Day today. So we're all supposed to be honoring our... Um, our fallen veterans for all the service they paid and shout out all veterans out there. I am one that does definitely appreciate whatever the fuck you did for us in whatever capacity it was for however long ago it was. Um, all of that stuff is, is really, really great. So instead of having any um, actual services commemorating this, this day or anything like that, um, we're all advised to do these uh, driveway vigils. Basically, they encourage everybody to get up at dawn because that's kind of the big thing with Memorance Day. You, you kind of do it with the rising of the sun. And um, so they're just encouraging people to do it on their front driveways to show support to whoever drives down your street or something like that. I'm not really too sure, but I don't know what a vigil really means or what it is or what you're supposed to do about it or anything like that. But um, normally for Remembrance Day and... and um, for like honoring uh, people, you sort of have a minute silence or whatever. You know what? A minute of silence is for pussies. I didn't do a driveway vigil, but I did probably, probably two and a half hours silence out of respect. Uh, probably about two and a half hour, hours silence. Uh, dawn's what, six-ish, six, six thirty a.m., something like that. You know, I definitely didn't get out of bed till about eight-ish, maybe eight thirty. Um, so yeah, I did way more than a minute silence. So fuck you with your minutes, minute, minute silence. I did a lot more. I'm way more respectful than you. Obviously I was asleep, but you know, that's the same. I can't say for sure that it was a minute silence, but I don't think anything was coming out of my mouth, but it might've been a bit gassy. So who knows? I might've interrupted the, uh, the silence with a little rapper, but who knows? I was asleep, guys, and uh, that's probably the most respectful thing you can do to veterans is let them know that, you guess what, you fought for my freedom to sleep in on a fucking Sunday and not be bothered with uh, candles and flags and all that sort of shit because uh, you know, get, it just gets in the way, doesn't it, guys? But anyway, we're back to a normal episode this week, guys. Um, I do apologize for the little bit of the detour with the Mortal Kombat sort of stuff. If you did listen to the episode... 
you might have realized I was a little excited. It was a little nostalgic. It was a little self-indulgent of me to do a whole episode about that. But um, we are not going down the movie line for a while, guys. I do realize that only a couple of weeks ago, we did the um, like the m- music in movies sort of um rabbit hole where we went down a little bit and that was pretty fun and shit and then obviously we did this whole episode about Mortal Kombat and uh want to get away from it a little bit because it doesn't really matter to me um and it doesn't really matter to this podcast too much I would rather keep this podcast just completely music this is what it is um but just on that note like I said uh, a few fucking weeks ago we did go down that movie music rabbit hole and I found a a video on YouTube um, only last week or so, I really wish I found this video before we did those episodes um, because it did help a lot uh, with uh, understanding the use of music in movies as far as pop music and rock music and um, like using music to set the uh, the decade and the, uh, the mindset of the characters and stuff like that. And I just got to shout out this YouTube channel, guys, because um, the guy, his name is Patrick Willems. He did a way better job than us. Um, I know we were kind of just gushing over our favorites and stuff, but like the actual core mechanics and the and the, the function of, of these kinds of what he calls needle drops uh, in in movies is just fucking awesome. Uh, it's like an hour long uh, video. Uh, I think it's like your complete guide to needle drops. It's called or something like that. Check it out, guys. This guy's YouTube channel is Patrick H. Willems. That's Willems, not Williams. It's Willems. And the H is in brackets. So if you do Patrick H. Willems with the H in brackets on YouTube, you will find his channel. If you're a movie buff and you really like analysis of movies, um, he's your man. He breaks down movies and like uh, movie theory and uh, just filmmaking theories, I guess, and um, all that sort of stuff in a, in a wicked way. And he's super fun and entertaining. Check out his videos and especially check out the one on Needle Drops if you cared about that topic that we went down. But I did, yeah, just needed to do that because I watched that video last week and I was like, holy fuck, I wish I had done this research and, and stumbled across this a uh, month or two ago. But it is what it is, guys. I've still been doing a little bit of um, my hip-hop education on the side. Don't really want to talk about it too much because it's kind of dragging on a little bit. Uh, the more I'm researching, the more I realize that it doesn't matter for the kind of hip-hop that I dig these days. Your Mac Millers and your Danny Browns and stuff like that. Like, I understand that all this history might mean a lot to them and have uh, created what they do. But I just fucking like what they do. So I don't really need the whole history. You know, I'm kind of against that whole homework sort of thing, even though I've just suggested a bunch of homework for you. And um, obviously I'm a hypocrite. That's just what it is here, guys. I'm, I'm, I apologize for that. But uh, that's what's been going on this week since last time we spoke with lockdown again. So that's why I'm giving this episode a little bit early because i got nothing to do. It's a fucking Sunday and I can't go out. I can't, um, you know, I had to hunt down a bottle shop that was even open today. Found one, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done this episode. But I have some actual good new music to talk to you guys about. We'll get back to our normal rhythm of an episode. Last night, and you could have watched it all week, but I did check out the fucking new Pussifer live show. We have in the past talked about um, the Akasanti live show that they did for their, um, their new album, Existential Reckoning. So what seems to be happening is that they're kind of going backwards through their catalog and recording these live shows um, for each album. I fucking hope they do it for each album because we just got our second one 
and uh, it's from the the album Money Shot, and the the show is called Billy D and the Hall of Feathered Serpents, and it was fucking amazing. It really was, guys. Like whatever Possifer are doing is like really changing what the hell a release should be um, for an album. Because I, I I love albums and it they seem almost a little bit I don't want to say incomplete, but not brought to life as 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 well as they could given today's technology and all that sort of stuff, right? So um, I guess this kind of plays into the, like the movie thing a little bit. How movies have never wanted to exist outside um, of having music complement them. You know what I mean? Like even from the days back in silent film, no one watched those films in silence. There was always music accompanying it because the music is kind of there to sort of uh, tell you how you should feel and stuff like that, right? When it comes to movies. However, the flip side of that, visuals can help a shitload um, telling your story as a musician, right? This is why MTV, I guess, blew up so much. But the whole idea behind MTV was... Um, really just letting you see the band create the the music video. They could add in some artistic flair and all that sort of shit. Um, but that was kind of just singles. So it was just pop chart songs. All right, you watch the music video for whatever's on the top 10 and stuff like that, right? There's a lot more to go along that 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 train of thought there. And it seems like Pussifer's really fucking sealing it where you get this um, stunning visual and story element and just tone element, and tone always comes down to like the lighting, the costumes, the, the way it's edited and all that sort of stuff, but it's for the whole fucking album. So you get this wicked evolution and like, we got to talk about this new Money Shot one, guys. Um, I had a great time watching it. Uh, I um, forwarded the links to, to Curtis, so he was in Melbourne. We both pressed play at the same time. We both fucking um, enjoyed it and commented and it just made it fucking fun. It sounded amazing. I'm one of these guys that I like the live recordings infinitely better than the studio recordings 90% of the time. Just because of the grit, the rawness, the pulling it off live, there's just a certain feeling that's captured that you just cannot get in an album. You just can't get it with a, a recording. It's, it's too separate, like people dropping their guitar tracks, the drum tracks, and then kind of comes together. And yes, you can get some amazing energy out of that but it's just not the same kind of energy it's just the quality is just a little bit different i'm gonna say higher or lower i'm just gonna say different but check out this pussifer live show guys while you can i'm not too sure if it's going to be streaming much longer by the time you hear this it might be all over red rover but if you can fucking find it i don't want to say do an illegal download i hope all those guys at pussifer agree to sort of release these as like um like a dvd collection or a digital download and I hope they do more. This thing was amazing, guys. Like, it starts with, like, the story of this uh, this dude that's just kind of having a bit of an epiphany, just feels like he needs to be somewhere at some time, finds himself in this bar, and, like, every single song that they play live is, like, um, made out like it's a cocktail name that this guy is getting served. And um, it's just a wild ride. I think there's, like, three main big sets. So they start off the album, they're kind of in this cavey sort of area, and then it um, progresses to this, like, feels like this weird underground club with, like, fucking the luchador wrestling ring set up. And they're playing all in there. And it's all brutal. And then by the end of it, guys, 
it's in this beautiful fucking like cavernous weird set the lighting is gorgeous the screens in the background are amazing like it just feels fucking epic guys and all the songs like by the way I, I will I will say this little disclaimer Money Shot was not my favorite Puss for album there was some fucking amazing songs on that album but as a whole I didn't resonate um with it too well not compared to like um like uh albums in the past like conditions for my parole and stuff like that which i fucking love and i can't wait for them to do the same treatment to that um but i got a whole new appreciation for this album guys it was amazing it seems like pussifer's got a couple of um extra members uh for this live show uh there was a couple of girls one was doing extra backup vocals and another one was doing a whole bunch of extra auxiliary percussions and uh keys and was playing this fucking instrument. I don't even know what it's called, but it looked like something that um fucking Morticia Adams would play. Like it looks like this gothicy. It's what are those little cling cling clong sort of um, Asian instruments? It's like a pimped out version of that, and it sounded awesome. And oh my god, just the, the attention to detail in that show was fucking unreal. Not just the attention to detail as far as like um, the audio goes and, and the, the song construction and the mix and everything, but the attention to to lighting and tone and trying to tell the story in an in a, like above and beyond way that you cannot get from audio only, it made it make sense, right? So it makes sense to do an album like this. So this should accompany every fucking album. I know not all albums are written the same. Some of them don't tell a whole story start to finish as an album. There's just a collection of singles or whatever kind of rammed together like that'll do. So it might not work for those. But guess what? The albums that do tell stories are a little better and a little bit more fun. And if you do have an album like that, you should be looking at Pussifer and trying to do something anywhere near the same of it. As it. Of it. <laughs> I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? If you were able to try and capture the essence of the music a little bit more by adding this visual element to it, fucking do it. Because your audience wants to see it. We're happy to pay money for it. Good fucking money for it. And especially if you can't tour and stuff like that, it's not going to replace touring, but it's finding its own niche. It's something you didn't know you needed, but once you've got it, you can't do without it, right? And that's what this live show was for me. And I, like, I, I can't shout out how good the performance was enough, but a standout was just the harmonies between um, Maynard and uh, Karina. Karina Round, um, th they just sound amazing. It's not doing harmonies in a traditional way where they're literally singing the same thing with different notes. Oh, oh, wicked. These are fifths. These are third harmonies. These are whatever. No, it's not that. It's completely different lines just undulating over each other. It's fucking wicked, guys. Check this out. Billy D and the Hall of Feathered Serpents. And if, if you know, that's a wacky-ass title and it's a wacky-ass show. And it's got all the whimsy and the over-the-topness. And it's bombastic. It's got so many cool elements to it. But musically, it's just fucking tight. The drummer doesn't miss, man. Like, he is so solid. He's not like a fucking thrash big double kick drummer. Like, just going all over the, pl uh, all over the place. But what the fuck he does, he does so well. And there's some beats in that album 
that are like some of my favorite drum beats I've ever heard, like straight out. And I didn't realize it at the time listening to the album years ago. I only realized that watching this live show how fucking amazing the percussion is. So I don't want to gush over it too much, guys. You guys already know I'm a Pussifer fan. And this is exactly why. This band does not disappoint. They're bringing this artistic approach to it. Like, you can't tell me what genre Pussifer is. You can't tell me anything predictable about Pussifer. They're just fucking pure art. And um, I hope you feel the same if you watch this. And, you know, do yourself a favor and really put it through a good stereo or, um, you know, something like that. Just make a night of it because... uh, it's a good album and it's a better live show. So check that out. But meanwhile, that wasn't a new album. It was a new live show. It was fucking awesome. I do have some other new stuff to talk about. Uh, London Grammar, who again, is a band that we've talked about in the past. Probably not that long ago. A few months ago, we talked about the new singles that they dropped. Um, but finally, the album has been released. And um, it's called Californian Soil. And it's uh, the same as the singles. I love London Grammar. And I love London Grammar for a bunch of reasons. But the main reason I love London Grammar is for Hannah Reed's voice. It's fucking amazing. And this album does not disappoint in that. She fucking wails. It's amazing. But just, it kind of, if you're a fan of the older stuff, like um, uh, uh, If You Wait album and stuff like that, that album is sort of hallmarked by these powerhouse fucking catchy hook melodies that just fucking blow your balls off, right? This album doesn't have as many. And in fact, aside from the singles that have already come out, everything else kind of, I'm not going to say it feels like filler, but it's just very spacious. It's a very spacious album. Um, I don't find myself dancing to it as much as their previous works, but I'll still appreciate it, but it's just very slow. It's it's an easy listen, but it might become a boring listen. But every now and then, it, it fucking hits, right? Like, this band has got its formula down. Again, it's one of those bands that I wouldn't know what genre to call it. It's just like a band that makes nothing but ballads, whatever that, a ballad band or something. But it hits, it misses, um, it has ups and downs. Actually, it's all kind of a little bit of a dull set sort of um, backdrop to it, but it's fire. I really like fucking London Grammar. I love her voice. I can't wait to hear any more coming out of them, but we'll see if that happens because I know there's some backstory with this album. Like, um, I think Hannah was almost ready to, you know, sort of put the gloves up and and tap out a music or something, and then this sort of came about with some melody. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it seems like they're not confident about new releases in the future. But we will see, and you know, I hope we get something from them because I do love London Grammar. Check out that album. It's called um, Californian Soil. Came out last week or something like that. Last week, and another one that came out last week because I do like to bounce around a bit with different genres. I've obviously been going down my hip-hop thing a little bit. I had this Pussifer thing. I had the London Grammar thing. But um, I checked out a, an indie rock band that just released a new album. Um, I checked it out because it was like maybe their 10th or 11th album. And you think by then the band's kind of matured into their style quite a bit. So you'd normally have a pretty polished album by number 10 or 11, right? Um, this kind of was. I don't know what it is. Uh, the band is called Dinosaur Jr. Um, and the album is called Sweep Into Space. And it's like indie rock. 
And uh, like I checked on this album, the first song excited me, really excited me. Like I, I heard like vocal elements that were kind of, um, I don't know what to say, like, like the Smiths a little bit. I don't know. It was, it, it was cool. There's a lot of cool twangy guitar tones, but sort of that, that um, heavily reverbed vocals um, with some nice catchy enough melodies, but almost like haunting sounding, but they worked, but they were still in a major key. So it's hard to say haunting in a major key, but y- y- you see what I mean? The Smiths kind of do it very well. It's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but then the album kind of, well, it, it, it peaked at track one. Let's put it that way. And then the rest of it, I just did not really understand. I don't get what's going on with this indie rock. It might be just a whole genre of music I'm completely um, naive to, which is fine. There's many of them, fucking most of them that I'm naive to. I'm not quite a one-trick pony, but I don't have a whole fucking card of tricks or deck of cards up my sleeve, something like that. I don't even know what I was trying to say then. But you get the idea that like I, I know what I know, but I don't know it all. And I don't know a lot about indie rock. I can see a lot of people not enjoying this vocally. Um, the guitars and the music was just fine. Nothing really too standoutage, but nothing super wrong. But the vocals were a little bit... Uh, you know, I know I've been going down this, this hip-hop uh, education a little bit. And you hear a lot of criticism in the hip-hop world about what they call mumble rap which is kind of just like, um, it's rapping, but it's slow, not enough conviction, kind of just feels like low energy rap, right? So this band seems like I would call it like mumble rock. It's kind of like that, like vocally speaking, it's that low energy, not too much vocal conviction. And and that, that's where it bugs me is because, um, especially with like a kind of rock sort of sound, your conviction is literally your believability as far as a lyricist and a songwriter goes, if, if, if it doesn't sound like you believe what you sing, then how the fuck is the audience going to believe what the fuck you're singing about? If it doesn't even feel like you give a shit about it. Maybe that, that kind of just what came across to me. I don't know. I could be all over the place with that guys. But anyway, that's the reviews for this week, guys. Um, that is a uh, dinosaur junior. The album was uh, sweep into space. Check that one out. Definitely check out the London Grammar's uh, Californian Soil. And for the love of Christ, would you please just listen to Pussifer, guys? Would you just check out the fucking Billy D and the Hall of the Feathered Serpents? Please. It's amazing. And let's face it, we need more amazing music uh, now more than ever. Because uh, we're locked down and I don't know... Ugh, I don't know when we're coming out and I need something to listen to to fucking... Uh, stop us from going crazy here, right? Anyway, I will leave you with a, a song as always. I'm, this is this is one of the songs that I'm going to put at the end of this episode that I don't know if I recapped it at any point with you guys, but I think it's got probably one of the, the heaviest breakdowns that we kind of um, put into one of those jams. Kind of came out of nowhere. It's kind of cool. And um, I don't know. I might, I might start hunting through some of these, um, these old songs to find just cool riffs and stuff like that and start using them as like our intro song or whatever. Because I don't know. Are you guys getting sick of that fucking weird little intro song that, I, that I've put up there? Dude, I, I wrote that fucking um, that piece because I was trying to set a tone like a late night talk show. So that's why it sounds like that. Like it should be coupled with imageries of like a fucking city skyline at night and a, 
and whatever. And we actually did film stuff like that. I might try and track that down and put it up on Instagram or something. Me and Curtis cruising around the city um, trying to write a silly uh, fucking intro. It was all inspired from like Norm McDonald's podcasts and stuff like that. Really liked that late night talk show thing, but might be getting it over by now. So we can maybe hunt through some of um, some of our songs and find something fucking cool. That's a cool riff that maybe hints at what the jam room's actually about a little more than that weird thing. Because I don't play that much fucking... Um, I don't even know what kind of genre to call that. I certainly don't play horns, put it that way. So maybe something a bit more rocky, a bit more heavy might suit the jam room a little bit more. Let me know what you think. You guys know how to reach out and get involved. Uh, you could email me, scott at thejamroom.com.au or on Instagram or Twitter, which is at jamroompodcast. Doesn't really matter. Remember, with this song, if you're a musician out there and you want to add anything to it, hit me up, I'll send it to you. You can drop whatever the fuck you want over it, mash it up and uh, send it back and we'll play it here on the podcast. Hope you've had a fantastic week out there. If you're in lockdown here in Perth, just stay strong, guys. We're going to get through this and if not, we're going to fucking storm the Capitol. Trump style. This is the Jamming Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>